Hello, podcast world. Welcome to another episode of Spitting Fire with Keetris. I am your host, Keetris Keys. And today, I want to talk to you for just a little while, just a few minutes, about living the blessed life. Living the blessed life. And I've often heard people say when you ask them how they're doing, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm living my blessed life. I'm living the best life. And I know you've heard it too. Some of you may be guilty of saying it. But I want to ask you a question. What determines what a blessed life is? How do you determine that you are living a blessed life? What are you measuring that blessed life by? Is it by your job title? Is it by your bank account? Your bank statement? Are you measuring that blessed life by the car you drive? Are you measuring that blessed life according to what type of house you live in? How many clothes you have in your closet? How many pairs of shoes you own? The brands of those clothes and shoes? Take a moment and think about that. Is that what determines the blessed life? Just ponder on it for a moment. I want to talk to you from Psalms chapter 1. Verse 1 through 3. And it's very familiar. We all know it. And God broke it down to me so plainly. And it's not going to take long for me to give it to you. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And man also means woman. And with this man means mankind. So that's man and woman. So you can say blessed is the woman or man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Do you measure your blessed life by this stanza? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Ask yourself a question. How am I walking? With whom am I walking? Are they godly people? Or are they ungodly people? And I'm speaking to kingdom believers. I'm speaking to believers. I'm speaking to people that are supposed to be saved, sanctified, filled with Holy Spirit. So who are you spending your time with? And if you are spending your time with the ungodly, is it to infect them with godly principles? Or are you being infected by their ungodly principles? Who do you seek counsel from when you have a problem? Do you go to your godly or spiritual mother or father or sister or brother? 
Or do you take that to the ungodly, to those that are not saved, and get worldly counsel and see what they're doing or what they're saying? And instead of them coming to you for godly counsel, you're going to them for ungodly counsel? Think about that for a moment. Is that how you're living your blessed life? I want you to do some self-reflection on today to see if you really are living the blessed life or is that just a saying that you're saying? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. We as godly kingdom believers have no business getting counsel from the ungodly. And I can really speak, speak from the aspect of a woman when we have troubles and we have friends that are ungodly, we have a tendency, and I say we, we have a tendency to sometimes take our problems to the worldly people. And then they're going on and giving us advice and saying, girl, if I was you, I'd do that. Girl, if I was you, I wouldn't put up with that. Girl, if I was you, I'd leave him. Where's her husband? Does she even have one? then she surely shouldn't be giving you counsel on what to do with yours. She don't even have one. And even if she has one, if she's not saved and godly, spirit-filled, she don't need to be giving you counsel anyway. Self-reflection. I'm living my blessed life. Are you really? Think about it. So when you are not walking in the counsel of the ungodly, God says because you do not walk with the ungodly, you will walk with God and God will walk with you. He will direct you as to who you need to get counsel from. He will put the right people in your path and you won't have to wonder about it. He's walking with you. He's talking with you and he's telling you every step to take. That's blessed. That's living the blessed life. He also says wherever you do walk, he will you will be able to stake your claim, meaning that territory will be yours, as written in Joshua 1 and 3. It says, every place that the sole of your foot would tread, I will give you. That's what the scripture says. Every place that your foot lands on, God says he will give you. That's the blessed life. But the only way that you can walk in that fulfillment of that scripture is if you're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Because you do not walk with the ungodly, you will be able to walk on the ungodly and not be hurt as written in Luke 10 and 19. Now I'm talking to those of you who really are not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm talking to those of you who really are seeking godly counsel. I'm talking to those of you who really are living the blessed life as according to this scripture. I'm talking to those of you right now who live, breathe, and eat the word of God because you are trying to infect the world with the kingdom of God. I'm talking to you right now because you do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Because you do not walk with the ungodly, you will be able to walk on the ungodly and not be hurt as written in Luke 10 and 19. He says, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
I'm talking to those of you right now who are not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. He has given us power and authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and nothing by any means may hurt us. That's because we are living the blessed life because we are walking in the counsel of godly men and women. We are going to God. He's directing us. And when we live by his laws and statutes, nothing by any means shall hurt us. And you cannot waver in that. When you read that scripture and you get that word in your heart, you cannot waver in that. When he says you have the power and authority and dominion to trample on serpents and scorpions, he means just that. We have that power. We have that authority. We have that dominion. When we are walking in godly authority, when we are walking after the things of God, we have that power. That's called living the blessed life. Not how many clothes I got, not how many Louis Vuittons I got, not how many coach bags I got, not how many Michael Kors bags I got. That that don't determine the blessed life. What determines the blessed life is when I can speak to the enemy and he trembles because I spoke. Or when I walk up, I don't even have to say anything and he gets out of the way because I showed up. That determines if I'm living a blessed life. So ask yourself a question. Am I really living the blessed life according to what God is saying in his word? You see how you walk really does determine how you walk. If you walk with the ungodly, you reap ungodly benefits. But when you walk with God and you walk godly in the counsel of God, in the counsel of godly, then you reap godly benefits. And that determines your blessed life. Next it says, nor stand in the way of sinners. Nor stand in the way of sinners. And I hear people all the time say, well, Jesus ate with sinners. Jesus was always with the sinners. They talked about him because he was with the sinners. Yeah, but he was with the sinners to infect them with godly principles. He came seeking and saving those that were lost. When you're with the sinners, are you seeking and saving those that were lost? Are you seeking and saving to get into what they're into? I need you to take a little self um, inventory to see why you standing in the way of sinners. Why are you hanging out with certain people? Why are you at the club? You ain't bringing nobody out of there saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. But you stumbling out of there speaking in the unknown tongue no matter know what you speaking because you drunk. I'm just asking a question. I'm just saying do a little self inventory as to why you are standing in the way of sinners. Blessed is the man that does not stand in the way of sinners. So if you're standing in the way of them, why are you there? If it's not to infect godly change, then you don't need to be with them. And so many of those that are sinners, and I'm not saying we're not all sinners. We're all sinners saved by grace, but we don't go out looking for sin. We don't just actively continue to sin because we're saved by grace. No, you do everything within your power to keep from sinning. And when you do, you don't do it on purpose. You don't purposefully continue in sin. 
And I know a lot of people don't want to hear about sin. You want to say we're judging and we're judgmental. We are righteous judges. We judge by the word of God. And the Bible says you will know the tree by the fruit it bears. So what fruit are you bearing? If I walk up on an apple tree and there's apples on that tree, I'm going to say, oh, that's an apple tree. Did I judge that tree? No, I saw the fruit. It was an apple. And I called it what it was. So why are you hanging around hanging around in the way of sinners if it's not to, to preach, teach, and change lives for Jesus Christ? Now I'm going to talk to the, to the ones that are not standing in the way of sinners, especially for sinful desires. God says, and because you do not stand with them, you will stand on them. Meaning that you will stand on the devil's head. You will be able to bring his kingdom down because you do not stand with him. See, a house divided against itself can't can't stand. So God is saying when you don't stand with the devil, you'll be able to stand on the devil, on his head. You'll be able to bring his kingdom down. Not only will you be able to stand on him, God will stand up in you. And you will be able to stand against the enemy in boldness. You won't care about what people say about you because you're preaching, teaching the word of God. You will stand up in boldness and righteousness and declare the word of God and change men and women's hearts to follow the Jesus that you preach about because you are living a blessed life. You will stand and declare the word of the Lord. You won't fear their faces. The word of God tells us to set our face like a flint. Meaning if the devil want to stare you down, then you stare him down. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions. Do you, you ever seen a scary lion? I haven't. I mean, I only seen them on TV or at the zoo, but when they looked at me, they weren't scared. The righteous are as bold as lions. So if you really are the righteous and you really are living the blessed life, you won't be scared to stare the enemy down and tell him or show him who you stand for. I'm talking about those of us that are living the blessed life now. I'm talking about those of us that are not standing in the way of sinners to partake in what the sinners are doing. I'm talking about those of us who are really striving to live a holy, consecrated, sacrificial life for God. And we sure don't want to hear about being holy and consecrated. Nobody wants to hear about that. Right? No. We want to do everything that we're big and bad enough to do. And we still want to declare that we're living a blessed life. Right? But I promise you that this is not the day or the time to be straddled a fence. This is not the day or the time. To be still caught between two opinions. Then the next thing says. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful. And we've talked about where you walk. We've talked about where you stand. Now we're talking about where you're sitting. Are you sitting in the seat of the scornful? Do a little self-inventory. Think about it for a few minutes. Where are you sitting? That's determining if you're living your best life. 
nor sit in the seat of the scornful, which means contempt, which means you're full of contempt or those people that you're with are full of contempt. Are you sitting in the seat of the scornful? And if you are sitting in the seat of the scornful, is it to change their mind? Or are you becoming just as contemptuous as they are? Think about it. But for those of us that are not sitting in the seat of the scornful, that are doing it the way God wants us to do it, that are infecting and causing change to the scornful, this is what God says. And because you do not sit with them, you will sit in heavenly places as written in Ephesians 2 and 6. That is what determines if you are living a blessed life. That you are able to sit in heavenly places. And it says, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of ourselves. It is a gift of God. So when we are not sitting in the seat of the scornful, God raises us up and makes us sit in heavenly places. It said makes us sit in heavenly places. We'll be able to sit at the table and eat while our enemies watch. The very ones that said we would never get at the table with a king, that we'll never sit at the table with princes, they'll be watching while we're eating. They'll be watching us live our blessed life. And that may incorporate what we're driving. And that may incorporate the type of jobs we have. And that may just very well incorporate the type of houses we live in. Because the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then it says, And all those other things will be added unto us. So when we are living our blessed life according to what God has ordained from the foundation of the world, when we are living the blessed life according to the word of God, then those things are added unto us. And then that comes along with being blessed as well, because he does not just want us blessed spiritually. God does want his people blessed materially as well on this earth. He wants us to live our best blessed life in the physical realm, on this earth. But then we have a part to play as well. We cannot walk, we can't stand, and we can't sit in certain places. We can't walk, stand, sit with certain people if we not preaching and teaching the word of God to change them and them not change us. We are a peculiar people. We are a called out people to be different. God tells us that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. 
That's what he has called us to be. And that is what determines if we are living a blessed life. That determines if we are blessed and favored by God and men. That is how we measure our blessed life. And it goes on to say, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. We eat the word of God. We enjoy keeping the word of God. We write the word of God on our hearts so that we might not sin against him. I'm talking about the ones that are really living a blessed life according to God's word. We delight in him. We want to learn more about him. We want to learn his word. Not so we can quote scripture and look good to the public. Not so we can quote from Genesis to Revelation just and just to be able to say, I know the Bible from front to back and back to front. That's not why. No, we do it to get closer to God, to hide that word in our hearts so that when so he can present us to himself spotless and blameless. We want to please him. That's how we measure our blessed life. I'm talking about true, redeemed, blood-bought believers of Christ Jesus. That's who I'm talking about now. I'm not talking about just somebody who, who's a Christian. Because that's a word that has been thrown around, uh, thrown around real loosely these days. Everybody wants to be a Christian. But are you really living what this Bible says we're supposed to live? Are you just following Christ because he says he's a loving God and he's gracious and he forgives and he loves everybody? But did you forget about the part in there where he told us to hate what he hates? So he does hate some things. I didn't say he hated people, but he hates some things. And those things that he hates, if you're doing them, that's what's going to send you to hell. Not the loving God, the things you're doing that he hates is what's going to send you to hell. But we delight in his law. And after we delight in his law and we really love him and we're in love with him and we've got a relationship with him, he delights in us. Zephaniah 3 and 17 says he will rejoice over us with singing. He smiles at us when we do what he wants us to do as far as his words is concerned. And then it goes on to say, and in his law, he meditates day and night. We make it a habit of dwelling in the richness of God. We make it a habit to study his word. We make it a habit to eat, sleep, and breathe his word. We make it a habit to study, to show ourselves approval unto God, according to 2 Timothy 2 and 15. We make it a habit to do that because we want to please God. We want to we wanna please the one that sent his son to die for us. We want to do everything we can to make it, to see the one who died for us. And just to say, thank him. You know, it's not enough to just say, thank him. Thank We thank him on this earth. We want to be able to thank him face to face for the sacrifice that he made for us. And the only way that we can get to him, to thank him face to face for the sacrifice he made for us on the cross is, is that we have to live this word daily. We have to walk in this word every day. We have to walk in. It has to become a part of us. When God looks down and sees us, he has to see his son. And the only way that he can see his son, his son being the word, is that we eat, breathe, and sleep the word. And it's in us. We have to be covered by the blood of Jesus. 
That's why we live this blessed life. That's what we measure our blessed life by. And then the word tells us because we do these things, it says that we will be firmly planted. It says that we will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And we will be unable to be uprooted. We will be fed by streams of water. And we do know that the water represents Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will feed us. It will lead us and guide us into all truth. God don't want his kids or his children to be ignorant of anything. So the Holy Spirit is here to lead and guide us into all truth. And then it means that we will have no lack for sustenance. Meaning that everything we need, he will provide. He said he will will give us all our needs. He will provide all our needs according to his riches and glory. His riches never run out. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Everything here belongs to him. And when we are his, it belongs to us because we are joint heirs with Christ. We remain steadfast and movable and we will always be abounded in the work of the Lord according to 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Because we follow the word of God. Because that's how we measure our blessed life. We will bring forth fruit in its in our season, which is all the time. I know the Bible says that there's a time and a season for all things. But when you are living the blessed life according to God's word, when you are following his word, that season of fruit bearing is all the time. Your fruit never runs out. Your leaf does not wither. Our leaves don't wither. We will be fruitful at all times as, uh, as written in Jeremiah 17 and 8. And it says... Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. When the heat comes, we don't get discombobulated because it gets a little hot in the furnace. We just bear down. Our roots bear down. You know, what makes a tree uh, roots bear down is that when the storms of life come against that tree, those roots take a further uh, dig down into the ground. So when we have trials and tribulations, when the heat gets turned up on us, we just dig deeper into God. Our roots just get wrapped around him even more. We're rooted, grounded, tangled up in him even more. And then it says our leaves will be green. It didn't say because it's it's winter time and it's fall time that our leaves gonna fall off the tree and die. That's not what it says. It see it says our leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. We are to bear fruit at all times. And I'm not talking about the fruit of the flesh. I'm talking about the fruit of the spirit. And then when we bear the fruit of the spirit, we we get to bear other fruit. God starts adding things to us. And then those things and those people that are connected to us get the overflow. So then you need to take an inventory of your life and see, am I infecting anybody around me? Am I affecting anybody around me? Is anybody benefiting from what I'm doing? Are they growing because I'm growing? Are people around me dying? Take self inventory. See if you really are living the blessed life according to God's word. 
That's how we, the people of God, measure our blessed life. As I said in the beginning, we don't measure it by the houses we live in and the cars we drive and the clothes we wear. That's not what we measure it by. We don't measure it by how we look to the public as far as appearance and we're dressed down and decked down and sharp as a tack. That's not how we measure it. I want people to see God in me. That's what that's what that's what causes me to to see if I'm really living a blessed life. Can people see the God in me? What do people see when they see me? So I challenge you to take a self inventory. I challenge you to look back over your life to see if your fruit, if your tree is bearing fruit year round. Are your leaves staying green year round? Or are they withering and dying? Because if they're withering and dying, something is wrong. You need to go back to the to the creator. You need to go back to Father God and 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 ask him, what is it that I need to do for my leaves to be green? What is it that I need to do for 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 my fruit to feed other people? So I challenge you to check where you're walking. I challenge you to check where you're standing. I challenge you to check where you're sitting. Because this determines if you actually are living a blessed life. This is what determines a blessed life. This is what determines my best life. Because if I'm not creating change and I've been living this word, then something is wrong. And I've got to do a self inventory. And that's what we're supposed to do all the time anyway, is take self inventory and stop inventory other people. Because I guarantee you, once you take self inventory, you're going to find something that needs to be done. Seeing about your own business it is a 24 7, 365 job. And it will cause you not to be able to see about anybody else's business. But if you take care of what you're supposed to take care of, I promise you it'll spill over into other people's lives. So until next time, you continue to spit the fire of the word of God.